0: Three, two, one. Welcome to Circuit and Gear, a podcast about scenic automation and other cool tech.
1: I'm Cody. I'm Christian. I'm Harry. And I'm Mike. Welcome to Not Machine.
2: So, some lifts, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah. Lifts. We did have some big lifts. Uh, we had a customer uh, looking for for four big-ass hydraulic scissor lifts. Um It was a little out of the blue for us because it was not any kind of variable speed control. It was all fixed. Right. It's it's a weird one because you're like it's okay,
0: so it's not our lifts (laughs) and it's not our regular control, right?
1: What value are we adding to this? Yeah, like what? (laughs) What are we?
0: What? uh, What part of this is is creative Connor specific?
1: Well, yeah, and it was an interesting, like weird custom job that got shoehorned in because of uh, uh, we were a bit slow last winter right because like, this is a mm-hmm. pretty old one like it's been a it's been a, been a hopper for, it, a for a while time. yeah i think we bid it originally back in like fall of last year when we kind of were hitting a bit of a lull and we're like yeah sure we'll entertain other ideas and then they right. sort of wanted it really quickly and then we were like okay we got this idea and then they sort of went silent for some number of months and then came back and we're like hey we're ready to place the door we're like okay sure uh right and Like,
0: oh, surely it's been a while, so you guys must not want it as quickly. And they're like, nope, just as quick as, as the first as time.
1: time. That <laughs> okay. has not changed. But don't worry. The lift manufacturer was not willing to comply. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they, they kicked the, the ship date a few times on just, like, the hydraulic scissor lifts. And then we were going to put, basically, our control head on it, mm-hmm. you know, so you could get some more things you more expect in an entertainment, you know, environment, like a... A, pi- a pickle for, you know, up-down, and mm-hmm. you could select any number of the four lifts to move together. Not that they would be synchronized at all, because it's all just HPU push button. Right, and st- each one has its up. own
2: little HPU right attached to it.
1: Yeah, onboard HPUs. And, um,
2: but we added, like, crush bumpers and... Yeah, the yeah. more safety-focused things. Yeah, the some things you- Some w- adjustable limits. It's, yeah. We,
1: the, we bit, and then on the mechanical side, it actually, it, we it, what started as fork pockets ended up with these large welded frames so that you could move these things around, mm. so you could mm-hmm. fork them off your truck and then roll them into position, lo- throw down some leveling feet, yeah. uh, and sort of level them out like you would want to to a stage deck. Um, and so that was all pretty integral to the base of the lifts.
2: Yeah, because they were pretty big. Right? Do you remember the dimensions? Off yeah, the na- Top of your head.
1: Ninety-four inches square for like an eight-foot yeah. by eight-foot hole. Yeah. So they're just like held back an inch on all sides. Mm-hmm. So, chunky. Yeah. Big boys. <laughs> big big chunky boys. I think they, they came in around all like lift frame and all the the things on top of. I think they were about thirty-five hundred pounds a piece. Yeah. So you know, just you and a buddy move that around. around. Just. <laughs> I mean, I think t- two people is totally fun though, to 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 move them on flat ground. But it's really got to be <laughs> flat ground. You really don't <laughs> want to try and move it on a ramp. Uh, so watch out for slopes. But, I mean, with was a 5,000-pound 5, lifting capacity. So, I mean, for what they're doing, you know, mm-hmm. appropriately sized. Um, so, yeah. So there was – and this one was also a little interesting on the design front because, it, you know, it's kind of a bespoke fixed-speed control system that uh, Cody did the design on. Mm-hmm. And then we were also busy with some other design – Project so we ended up uh, shopping out the mechanical design elements to uh, our friend Mark Merengue, uh formerly of mystic now of his own shop and uh, he knocked it out of the park uh, did, a good, did a good job with all the mechanical bits. Um, mm-hmm. there's always a learning curve I think for you know people outside the organization so we have to like adapt you know take their designs and like make it friendly and get the bombs into uh, how OTS we see and, it, and yeah yeah, yeah makes them right make some jazz adjustments on the fly. <laughs> but I think that the next right. side went pretty straightforward. It was just a lot of holes to add to existing lifts, which... Uh,
2: just time-consuming.
1: Yeah. You know, good, good on bow for sticking with all that stuff. But after, like, day three <laughs> of just drilling holes into steel lids, you start to question, it's like, what are like, why are we doing all this? But it's good. Right. You, get, you know, you get bumper switches so you can get all the safety elements. So you got crush edges on the edge of the lift so as it was going down, it would stop going if it was to... Contact something, and then mm-hmm. you got all these other bumper switches to surround so their platforms that they can put on their decking. So that if it were to crush one of those going up, then you would stop going up. So, all the things you know and expect on a stage lift, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and it, some other little widgets here and there, adjustable limit switches and whatnot, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's interesting to like adapt like a total, a regular old industrial sort of hydraulic scissor and then be like like oh yeah it's fine it's good to go no. and then you're always like well theater and entertainment does have like a very particular set of <laughs> circumstances <laughs> yeah. and requirements for unloading and loading and adjustability and so, oh yeah
1: it's it's gotta, tricky it's not, not it's not totally it free use, yeah. use and abuse <laughs> and just like right. the way that they mount you know get like the uh, components on the interior of the frame and they're like and then you're gonna anchor it firmly to your concrete floor and you're like well we're gonna have to guard against that because this is Rolling around and it's gonna be coming in and off the truck, so I want to make sure, like, just taking that pass to make sure, like, no cables are dangling underneath. There's no way you can like fork some mm-hmm. of the control bits, like, just mm-hmm. an you know, you're like, oh, that looks fine, and then you get there and you're like, nah, okay, maybe maybe we gotta to to shift that around, and, mm-hmm. right. and then there was a lot of like TBD uh, geometry about it, just from kind of ambiguous drawings we got from the manufacturer, and then you get you get the lifts in person, you're like, oh, that's not quite where we thought that was gonna be, or that's not going to fit. That right. Spot. <laughs> adjust those details. as we go. Yeah, I think certainly like th-
0: getting the CAD files and then, you know, the mechanical work and stuff that was done t- totally made sense. And then, you know, whenever you re- meet reality, there's always some moving things around. Uh, and the same was definitely true of the controls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was very vague line drawings and some photos i think of ideas that were like ah there's some of these photos on their website of how this stuff works and some <laughs> schematics and we're like yeah and then it'll be some jazz when it shows up yeah and it's inevitably wrong <laughs> it's like
2: fixed yeah speed. and the other thing too is so originally because you designed this one cody right so originally you were going with uh, oh it's you know simple fixed speed controls just a couple of relays but it's mm-hmm. not quite how it ended up right
0: no yeah like so i think i had like originally a mix of kind of like practical like kind of like more typical electronics and then um well i tried to go all in with just relays because uh-huh. wow, it's like a start stop some push buttons that'll be cool and right as soon as you added the crush bumpers you're like well now there's like a series of like I mean, in relay logic, it was kind of like Mm -hmm. ANDs because you're just like passing through so many things and all of a sudden you're like, well, if one thing stops working, this totally sucks to troubleshoot because you're like, did the power supply go bad or is the crush bumper always high or is the, you know, like, Mm -hmm. what is knowing which one is causing the problem? Yeah, and so then it it quickly kind of realized like, ah, this is probably a PLC of some sort, but Mm -hmm. maybe we'll keep some of the more practical relay bits in the little local control boxes and then just you know pass mm-hmm. io over to a box that has like a smallish plc stack that can control like the pickle logic and then just output for the like uptown mm-hmm. sort of thing and then practical things can handle like crush bumpers and stuff like that like relays and stuff in boxes mm-hmm. can handle all that stuff um and then even that kind of fell down because uh <laughs> it gets complicated fast it gets really complicated fast you like you're like okay cool so if the lift won't go up that could be because the crush bumpers that are you know on the surrounds that are landed in the main control box mm-hmm. are faulted versus if it won't go you know like just all the different fault states and conditions mm-hmm. like oh shit we should like just put these all get in these all box. into a plc yeah and it will be slightly more annoying to um make Mm -hmm. and there'll be a lot more copper going a lot of places controlling kind of small signals but at least like then it's all in the plc and you can make that those logical decisions in ladder logic and not in
2: relay logic
0: relay logic and wiring Mm -hmm. decisions and um
2: and then gives the opportunity for different indication
0: right yeah yeah so that was a bit of a, a certainly a bit like all the things we're learning all at once and like each lift had its own little local control box that had mm-hmm. uh like output for a solenoid for down, and then an output for a relay, like a contactor, to run the HPU start to run up. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in that same box, there was uh, from the manufacturer a uh, power supply, um, and then we stuck in our little prevent a safety relay to handle the crush protection, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and what was learned when the lifts arrived is that the boxes were quite big that they came
1: in there was not practically any way to fit them within the volume (laughs) of the lifts right which is confusing
0: uh given their documentation and the photos of their things you're like oh there's this little j box right there okay cool like mounted next to the hpu in their photos and it's not no. like the no.
1: box, act, the, the contents of the box are massive. Like, it wasn't, right. in the grand scheme of things, that much stuff. It's just the box is just this huge, like, yeah. 12 box that has all the seals and.
2: That spoiler rain. alert, we now have four of sitting on the shelf. Great for r <laughs> and other things in the future. Right.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, this is like, I designed it. Mm-hmm. It all, it, you know, semi kind of had all the right. It, well, actually, it ended up not having the right ins and outs, but it had many of the right parts all there.
2: I think the right parts were all there. There wasn't quite uh, wired right. I think both ended up being true because
0: when Gareth got it, it's like, oh, like I thought that we had a one version of a, sli- a PLC slice that was all inputs and it was in out. So I had oh. like, used more inputs than we could we had on the slice. Gotcha. And that all input slice was unobtainium. Mm, Uh,
1: Of course. (laughs) But we did have one on the shelf, slid out some wire duct, and we shoved that bad Jackson in there.
0: (laughs) Yeah. The other tricky bit about that, too, was like, well, I don't know. I don't know which which problem first, but (laughs) what we found was that the power supplies, the local power supplies that were in those boxes Mm -hmm. locally were by far the biggest thing. Oh, okay. Um, And had like the highest, like, I don't know, vertical uh element so like we could get a much smaller box if we swapped uh so that the like main control box Mm -hmm. uh had was powering everything and then disseminating power out to the lifts gotcha um right this is a good first step
1: first we shoved a lot more 24 (laughs) volts at the last second into the the main box so that took up what space we had available in that moment Mm -hmm. right Oh, I guess I should
0: say we. I don't think we've mentioned it yet before, but because these were industrial powers, uh, industrial hydraulic uh, lifts, yeah, they was, were yeah. all 480. Everything yeah. was 480 like volt, and then would need to be powered by like a transformer that's mm-hmm. like you know regular old 230 that with some cam tails that can move around from venue to venue.
1: Mm-hmm. So, well, which just to sit, take a, another tangent on the tangent again. Which the manufacturer was quite insistent was only 480 and like could only work on 480 until they we received them and were like, these are dual voltage motors. What the Mm -hmm. shit?
0: Yes. So it also had that added component that it was like, there's a cart with a transformer on it that takes cam in, and then also on that cart is our main control cabinet and then kind of squids out and runs both control cables and power cables out to each of those four lifts. And then we made a pickle that plugged like a pendant that plugged into that main control cabinet so like that was like the architecture of the system Mm -hmm. um and then on those four lifts the odd local little io local io boxes um and uh yeah it it all seemed good in theory and then you know
2: (laughs) and then reality had different plans
0: right yeah like i didn't have the right slice for the inputs Mm -hmm. that was tricky um and then when we moved there was like Since all of the local I.O. boxes had their own power supplies, Mm -hmm. it was like logically made more sense to like keep everything that's in those local I.O. boxes still continue to be powered by their local power supplies. Mm -hmm. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, loop some of those like logic signals back through relays in the main control box. Mm -hmm. Um, So we had like relay PLC slices Mm -hmm. to, you know, switch those things so they kept remain isolated on power Mm -hmm. Um, so blah 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 we end up getting rid of the power supplies in each of the local (laughs) IO boxes and power everything from the main box so we Mm -hmm. need a bigger power supply in the main box and then different logic for those circuits um, for the ups and downs and making sure that we're still inhibiting for crush protection and signaling backwards to that box like hey i've been crush bumpered or limited right um, somehow so that on the pickle we could like change the color of the led indicator um, so that you get some kind of feedback for, like, why the lift doesn't go up, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So that was the first thing that we had to make more space in the control box for, mm-hmm. which was pretty tricky already. End. Yeah. <laughs> but didn't require removing any duct. Uh-huh. Uh And then pretty quickly, it was like, oh, but actually we need one more of these and one more of those and one more of those. And all of a sudden you're like, and... This box that originally had like a twenty to thirty percent extra capacity inside of it was just filled to the absolute gills, and like to, to start pulling wire duct out of it so that we can run in longer and right.
2: you know get all the pieces the, in and yeah yeah part of the uh, fun of uh, the mm. custom one offs is yeah exactly uh, right. what the paper says and what uh, is in front of you aren't always the same.
1: And then, right. you know, while all that's going on, we're also trying to, you know, these lifts are just massive, mm-hmm. 3,500 pounds, 8 by 8 foot. And at one point we had talked about bringing them into Unit 7, the main shop area, mm-hmm. and like laying them all out there and taking up the whole floor. Um, but then mm-hmm. kind of a couple of weeks right before we got them, we're like looking at, the, looking at the weight more critically and being like, I don't think our forklift can go down the ramps loading dock because the only way you could get them in the door would be to go through our loading dock which is ramped downwards mm-hmm. to uh to dock level um and then you'd fork them up onto the dock um but i our our five pound capacity uh, forklift. forklift because of how far that mass is would probably tip forward it was like <laughs> right on the line it was like kind of sketchy on flat ground we're like yeah mm-hmm. i don't want to go down a ramp for this so we're like looking at Renting a larger capacity scissor lift, which is sort of like an unplanned... Forklift. Forklift, yeah. Forklift, that one. Uh, to lift the scissor lifts. Uh, and we were thinking about that for a second. And then we are like, yeah, I think we can make it work in 15. But right. then that ended up evolving into, you know what? Actually, it's easier to just put them out in the parking lot. Right. So, <laughs> so like, that, those local I.O. boxes on the lifts, I mean, I think that was kind of just the most hateful part. Because it's like... We, once we figured out a box that could fit on there, you have all these squids sort of like coming off of it, all these cable tails, because mm-hmm. we're sort of from that box, which mounts to the side of the lift frame. You're wiring in the the connectorized tails for the crush bumpers, the, wiring the, the connectors for the limit switch, but all that needs to get dressed along the scissor Xs. So right. you're just like, you're just... We're outside in like, of course, the hottest was, week of the yeah. summer. <laughs> we, got, we had like pop up tents. Yep,
2: on to, the brand newly resurfaced uh, uh, parking lot, parking lot, which so, just means yeah. that it's like it's perfect black. black, as yeah. black as
1: can be. And then like at one point, of course, it's like it's like a, supposed to be a, like a, one of the days we're working out there. It's like the second day, it's like supposed to be beautiful all day mm-hmm. and then out of nowhere it just starts downpouring sideways <laughs> for like 10 minutes and then like the downspout is literally right just shooting into the transformer i'm like okay can we let's break turn that off let's go back to the panel turn that off uh, let's get some tarps and shit and like of course thankfully it like went pretty quick but that was like shenanigans yeah um,
2: yeah and it wasn't just times. like there was one lift in the parking lot it was a couple at a time right? yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah uh, and so it was, we were sort of like, I mean, I think there was, you know, we learned some stuff about moving big things and like batching through that stuff, but like, Jesus Christ, a bigger shop would have been nice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But we got there in the end, uh, you know, with a lot of hard work, a little bit of OT and uh, yeah. a lot of swearing, but uh, yeah. they work, yeah. They work nice and someone will be going down to go install them in a couple of weeks.
2: Yeah. Right. Which would be cool. You yeah. To yeah. actually see the uh, hard work pay off.
1: Yeah, and they mm-hmm. looked really badass. Uh, I think I think they were up on the some pictures were up on the Instagram. They're all orange yeah. and black, and mm-hmm. they, they were like they mean right. business. They do. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, after all the hatefulness, like the videos of them running, and then like the, you know, even the adjusted box and like the pickle, like I don't know, like all the fit and finish, all that stuff that we've been doing in house, like across the past couple of years, yeah, has all just gotten so much nicer. Like our yeah. our techniques and things have just gotten you know better yeah like thinking yeah. back to those custom pendants that we did i think you when you and i first started harry for like maybe that texas AM gig or you know we or were like cats like, with the en- drag oh. knife
1: engraving with the, the yeah diamond tip and it just came out like always like it's just rough. It was rough right and like, now with the laser
0: yeah right like Looks laser cool. on everything everything's like you know all the machine parts that are kind of fancy are all machined like ah, it's mm-hmm. just like even the, I mean, some hatefulness of PLCs and custom bullshit always kind of uh, suck. But like, it was cool to see on the outside. You're like, ah, yeah. but at the end of it, it's a nice polished looks, product. It looks nice. Like, yeah, we
1: we did have to p-touch the lift numbers onto the pendant, which was a little bit <laughs> a little sad. But you know, you oh really, next guy, I missed that. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. But you know, live and learn. Next time. But yeah. we continue to do it better at each time. Yeah. No, I think right. there's there's like little tricks you pick up from everyone, like. I don't Because I think, and there was, yeah, just even just tooling and process stuff because we were, it had sort of come, we had this grip nail gun, which mm-hmm. is like, you know, the pneumatic, mm-hmm. it can shoot studs and most importantly, zip tie blocks into basically I solid I feel metal.
2: like, uh, speaking of that, I feel like Cody, every time you're here, you use it and you end up on Instagram with it. There's Cody <laughs> doing the, zip, the, <laughs> the grip nail
0: gun again. yeah. I feel like every time I come up, I'm like, oh, then we're just going to grip nail that. And every time I say it, someone's like, oh, yeah, we could use that. And I'm like, that thing fucking rules. (laughs) Hell yeah. Let's use that.
1: (laughs) We don't use it. I'm not trying to drill and tap. (laughs) No, yeah, it's hateful. But Mm -hmm. the grip nail's great. It would have been so much more work if we had to, because there's just so many little places we had to manage the cable so it didn't get crushed in the scissor lift. Mm -hmm. Um, And cable management somehow always becomes the big pain in the ass. That's a thing. Right. That's the crux Especially of on cables everywhere. Yeah. yeah,
0: on scissors especially too, because you're like, you know, on our on some machines you're like, and what are the shear planes? Okay, it's just that one shear plane. And you're like, what's the shear plane of the scissor? You're like, all of everywhere. It, all of it is the shear plane.
1: <laughs> oh my god, the number of times that we like, we're like, okay, well we'll tape it and then we'll run it, and we're like, okay, yeah, this is the path. This is the right. Like you gotta like duck around the. You gotta go this part of the x on the lower section duck around the bearing and then the upper the other section of it mm-hmm. on the upper portion you run it down and you're like nope that's totally catching the limit switch all right all right, right i i see what the problem is here now let me like j- just that run and now it'll and you're like nope that's interfering now with this little section that i hadn't looked at before because of course you're like stare at, you're you're lying on the ground in on the asphalt in the 95 degree <laughs> day just trying to sight down like a small like little piece of steel just to find like okay, what's the, what's the clearance issue now? Like,
2: ah, uh-huh. and re, you know,
1: i uh, you got to remake that bracket to make that clear. And eventually we got it, but it was, <laughs> it is not. it's not
2: as straightforward as attached cable. Yeah. Right.
1: You could, yeah. you could even draw that. You could draw that in CAD, and it still wouldn't tell you exactly. It's like, well, you got to account for the cable bend as it, as it rotates mm-hmm. through. It's like tra- mm-hmm. travel. You're like, Oh God damn it. Why yeah. do I have to think about we- this so much? i think you and i were both on a little
0: call together like and both had fusion open on our own monitors and then we're like yeah we can do it and like but like even as we were saying it in cad we're like right (laughs) like it looks like you can do it like surely and then you get into real life and it's still just as fucked like (laughs) like uh that welds a little burlier than we thought it was or that little return is harder
1: yeah, right. Or you're like you look at an eighth inch clearance. and You're like that's miles, and then you're you look at it in and you're like that is not that is too close for my comfort. <laughs> I don't think that's yeah. going to be. We needed more like half an inch. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I and mean, as you know, as these projects typically typically go, it was the hottest time all summer. Yeah, and right, humid yep. and. <laughs> Working in the as we uh, ship. parking lot. And Sandwiched between two other. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: big, big jobs that everyone's brains are all focused on. And you're like, and then wait, you like see the truck unload with a bunch of scissors. Like, what the fuck are these? And you're like, oh, <laughs> this. You guys remember this? Yeah. <laughs>
2: like, where are those going?
0: Yeah. Who designed this? Oh, Cody. He's, where's he? Not here. Not here.
1: LA. Wait, what? LA. <laughs> Somewhere else. Yeah. Sorry, team. But
0: it's, it's all
2: good. It all worked out. It all looks it good. It all worked out. Yeah. Yeah.
0: If we thanks have, Gareth. I mean- <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Indeed. That's always the, uh, always an interesting thing. It's like, it's like, I kind of assumed they would get hand off to Christian, but Christian mm-hmm. was also busy with like wrapping some, like a bunch of stuff up. And so mm-hmm. Gareth was like, oh, I'll do it. And there's nothing quite like Gareth coming in behind mm-hmm. you to like open your schematics and look at your bombs and like, what did you think it was supposed to do? And you're like, uh, yeah, that's <laughs> fucked up. That didn't, that didn't work. That one didn't work yeah you're right it's like but he's very friendly about it usually like hey am i just not understanding this but like these look like all like outputs and you're like oh fuck my yep (laughs) yep i read that wrong yeah damn it that is in fact
2: never gonna work (laughs) why didn't you look at the last one the last one was perfect why are you looking at this one (laughs) yeah
0: go go look at some of the other things i've worked on
1: yeah the ones you don't get involved with; those ones are, are always the great ones. Yeah, because they just yeah. worked. Yeah,
2: I also feel a very similar way. Like anytime I like am you know like R and D in some hardware or something, I'm like, it's at a cool place to show it off, and I'm like, come look at this. And he immediately comes over and touches it, and it breaks. I'm like, the okay, well, perfect. Right. Mm. You get, you get, like, the, the teacher perfect. watching. So this is what I was hoping for. Yeah. <laughs> Expose <Yeah>. the flaws. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. There's a lot of that during the uh, stagehand uh, development was the every time Gareth would touch it, it would turn off.
1: Right. <laughs> only was, him. He he's was the a, only one that could do it. He's ungrounded.
0: <laughs> he is, uh, he's ungrounded. You can't contain him.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think that kind of leads nicely into the fact. Uh, I was just going to say, speaking yeah. of grounding. <laughs> <laughs> grounding and working in the parking lot and uh, all of that. Yeah. And we have a new shop, new shop space.
1: We're not there yet, but we will be soonish.
2: Within like the next month, month and a half.
1: We got to be. Yeah. Because our lease is up. Right.
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's about to get
1: busy. Moving. Moving is is, is hard. But it's a really exciting new 16,000 square foot rectangular building with 20 foot height, something like Mm -hmm. ceilings and big I beams and 40 foot clear spans between columns. Yeah, and I and Lots of power.
2: A huge thing, right? Is it's a square building.
0: It's a funny thing like people are like, "Oh, what you're getting a new building. Tell us about the new building." And you're like, "The perfect thing about it is how un- uninteresting it is." <laughs> like no like, "Oh, over in that space we get 17 and a half feet, but there's only the wood beam to hang from, but you can't right. do too much cuz the glass is right there." And the, you like all the right. fucking shenanigans that has like like and then across the street you're like, "There's a street? Why is there a street in the middle of your shop?" <laughs> like yeah. Yeah, Cause we got
1: three units. Yeah. Make like, sure you don't lose it down the ramp or up. The, and then you got to push it up the other ramp on the other side. Yeah. Cause of the, right. of the driveway. Yeah. that's Yeah. So yeah. like
0: big giant rectangle with offices and high ceilings and space between beams and lots of power. Yeah. Lots of power. Dry, some drive in, some full dock, like just, yep. we got two docks. We'll, be,
2: we'll have
1: a load, a drive in door. Yeah. Right. And
2: 1600 amps at 460 volts. No shortage there. yeah yeah can run all the things all at once right.
1: but the thing it will need is a lot of love before we move in <laughs> There is right.
2: there is some of that
1: yeah but there's there's just the the slew of contractors to get to get going on it the, yeah starting with the electrical work but then and I feel like that being the biggest one right it, is the put the,
2: the power element. we have all the power Remember. in the building but now put it where we want it in
1: the, in the right flavor and style yeah receptacles we need yeah yeah. yeah. And then there's there's a whole uh, there's there's all the HVAC or heating uh, might kick to later. Mm-hmm. There's the roof leaks. There's the cleaning of the place because it was just a little grimy from previous tenants. There's there's painting, painting, exterior mm-hmm. work, uh, landscaping, offices. Yeah, and then the offices is a whole other like construction project because that was pretty dumpy. And then doing all that in a month and a half before we move. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I think I think we've finally come to. Uh, the uh, the, the realization, the truth of like, yeah, and our, the offices won't be ready on a day one of moving, but
1: yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have desks on the floor for a little while. Yeah, yeah.
2: it'll be kind of like here, so it'll be a smoother transition where we're still right. in the middle of everything.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we'll have the, the it'll be interesting all under one roof, like the, with the machine shop, mm-hmm. electrics, and office people all in literally, literally. All in one space. But mm-hmm. I think yeah, I mean, but all, hopefully it won't be for too long. Yeah, yeah, and that space would be great.
0: Yeah, honestly, it's maybe it's kind of good on that front. The offices won't be done because uh, you'll get to really get a real feel for how loud the hosses, how well those walls <laughs> need to definitely be insulated. <laughs> and how, how in New York, <laughs> firm the doors need to be like yeah. before in the before times when everything was in Unit Seven and the uh-huh. Tormach was literally like where the like R and D benches are. Yep like mm-hmm. right on the other side of the twin wall and yeah. all of our like everybody just naturally migrated their desks like to the far corner kind of uh-huh. <laughs> just from the far edge and you're like, Oh, right. It's just because the Tormach was like right outside the door. And it's just so loud. yeah, So fucking loud. And
2: then similarly too, when the wire processor was in the office, mm-hmm. that's yeah. That constant. Uh... Yeah.
1: That one's a magic nice metronome. metronome. If, you're, yeah. if, if you're a white noise guy like me, <laughs> I was okay with that one. But Yeah. <laughs> uh, the hosses. Well, Hoss. I feel like it's the Hoss variable was speed, more
2: voice so. more white noisy than the uh wire processor was. Because that was constantly on and off and beeping.
1: But it's a higher floor. Oh. It's mm. the DBs yeah. are just more.
2: DBs are greater.
0: <laughs> I won't I won't hear my podcast over the the hoss. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing too. I'm very excited about the new space. It's super exciting. I, as the guy that is not in the shop, it's like <laughs> I've been like Gareth has been kind enough that I'm in the threads, but I obviously my opinion. Who cares what I think? Uh, <laughs> 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 like I like that there's a new shop, but uh, my. Spending time in there is usually in the like you know a week or so at a time every right. month or every month or two, um,
2: right? But now maybe you'll be lucky enough to have your own desk.
0: Maybe, right? I I'm not gonna hold my breath on that one. I mean that's uh, a good,
2: that's a good one not to. But yeah. there's the potential now. Now there's room.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean even when we were I was living in Rhode Island for so that <laughs> spring into summer before. Uh-huh. That big controls retrofit gig, like mm-hmm. I had to go home for a week, and I came back, and my desk had been already given away to someone else. Like <laughs> I was semi there at the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is you got to hold on to that seat?
2: Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's what you should start doing. If you take the chair with you, that's fair. It's fair. Then nobody else could sit there.
0: Yeah, but then uh, <laughs> I, I mean, if I had my druthers, I'd get one of those sweet uplift standing desks that Ryan uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. got, and then. I could take my chair, but then you just go boop,
2: boop. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Stolen. That quick. Wow. What was Happy the. Effect? We figured
2: out, though, how you can lock out the desk, not on purpose, oh, but on true. accident. <laughs> uh, just drive limit. it all the way down. Yeah. yeah. Unplug it, right? And then it won't move. Wasn't that mm-hmm. what it was? Something like that? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. When I came up to the shop, roughly around. I don't know. A couple weeks ago, and mm-hmm. uh, I got in, and they're like, "Oh yeah, you get set up at this desk." And it was like all the way lowered, and I was like, "Oh, I just got to run it up," and and then I had to and troubleshoot the motors yeah. of the desk. <laughs> I was like, "God damn, nothing goes smooth around here."
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a like, like custom gig, so you know you gotta yeah. you gotta earn this <laughs> one.
0: Yeah, got into the esoteric fault uh, conditions of the uplift desk. Yeah. <laughs> like, reading desk manual. manuals for yeah, motors yeah
2: that's great It's good
0: there once once you know the trick about the fact that once if they get i think it's if they're running and you pull power at the same time that they're running mm. it enters into a like recovery state and then you have to like drive them all the way to down to hit their bottom limit so it can rehome. Mm.
1: Yeah. Mm.
0: yeah not totally dissimilar from you know any of the other <laughs> things we do in our <laughs> life but uh yeah
1: it makes sense. It's like, oh, you've probably put it in a position where it can pull its cord out of the wall, is mm. what it's assuming. So you mm-hmm. fix that. Right. You've done I'll a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs>
2: and speaking of those uh, desks you're up here to play with, that was uh, when you were uh, designing that uh, Holzer LA uh, custom art piece thing. And, uh, yeah. And you recently just got back again from, uh, from LA from installing it.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. We um, uh, I think we talked about last time the kind of machines. There are some rotators and tilters um, Mm -hmm. and they like move around these LED columns for this artist, Jenny Holzer. Um, And we had for the install, it was out in Los Angeles at a Mm -hmm. uh, art gallery out there and the. Kind of hanging from these big wooden beams that they have that are in their ceiling is both the new spinner and tilter that we had just made and had just yep. uh, wrapped mm-hmm. up the design and commissioning on um, last month, and then also the piece that we um Originally made, did for them, right? Yeah, originally did for them. Uh, it was in 2020, and it was going to Korea at the time. Um, mm-hmm. It had a February 2020 install date uh, originally um, in Korea, which uh, didn't pan out, but um, <laughs>
2: this one did.
0: This one definitely did, and that one eventually panned out as well. But um, yeah, so that came back on back, and then um, it briefly was going to have a stint in Germany, uh, at another one of her installations. And mm-hmm. um, then for like complications with the museum or gallery that it was going into, like the walls couldn't support it. Um, mm-hmm. so then that got canned, and then mm-hmm. it lived in German custom limbo for like uh quite a while like uh-huh. it got sent there and then it was during some um strikes that oh. were happening with the like air traffic controllers or not even the oh. air traffic some one of the you know like airport working uh, industry okay. sort of things went on strike like the mm-hmm. week that it was supposed to install so then it got there and then it was like, oh, actually, it's like, we don't need to take it out of custom. So just send it back. And they were like, no. <laughs> and it was a whole process, process getting yeah. it all back. So then eventually it came back um, to the States. And then mm-hmm. we uh, installed it into uh, this art gallery in L.A. with the, the new machine. Um, yeah. So like nominally, it was an existing piece that ran for mm-hmm. you know several months. All was working was that spinner. Um, mm-hmm. And then this new piece uh, that was like a spinner and a tilter all together, yeah. um, which I guess if you guys didn't listen to the last episode, then it's, you know, servo powered yeah. stagehand servos, which, you know, is kind of one of our not quite stock, but it's not fully off flavor. Like we've done them before, yeah. sort of um, control boxes, mm-hmm. Um and then it uses those, all the machines use like the same style servo motors that are like are in the push stick mini or were in the push, the Spotline practical, and you know, sort of right. like lots of similar pieces. Right. And rearranged. our quote unquote stock ones. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the new servo spinner that went on for like the rotate axis for the new mm-hmm. machine was the chain, the same motor as the, sp- uh, the push stick mini. It was the same mm-hmm. slewing ring as the pivot it's kind of
2: awesome our unification is starting to really work (laughs) out
0: a semi-standard set of parts that we all kind of mash together um yeah so you know it was cool it was interesting so the last time that that spinner had gone up it was in korea and because of like covid restrictions and all the things Mm -hmm. like we weren't there we were kind of like from a distance uh helping the gallery team install it and
2: and yeah i remember we jumped on a video call at like 7 p.m. or 8 p.m. or something like that
0: right which was like their start of day i forget forget exactly how yeah (laughs) it was some weird hour yeah it's like the
2: Uh. the three of us uh you me and mike yeah
0: yeah trying to they had some problems with um funny enough they had some (laughs) problems with some encoder uh Uh faults like yeah uh Luckily, we had already sent along a 100-foot spare along with the 100-foot signal cable they were using. And they like swapped cables, and then everything worked. Um, And we didn't really hear
2: from Um, them again. Yeah, which was good.
0: Which was great. Uh, And then this time, uh, (laughs) we also, once installed, were running into uh, some encoder issues. Some encoder issues. (laughs) Um,
2: Interesting
0: yeah which was weird because we're like Mm -hmm. we you know between the the korea stint and what was going to be the germany stint we got all the gear back Mm -hmm. and i like went through it it all and cycle Mm -hmm. tested it for a few days on like both sets of cables and like yep but buttoned it all back up and sent it along and Mm -hmm. you know had no no problems didn't see those any encoder faults whatsoever
2: Mm -hmm.
0: um We did run into during production on the new machines run into like uh, Uh, mm -hmm. the gap between the hundred foot cables that we used for the Korean installation and then the hundred and fifty foot cables that they were required for this installation. Like we saw some encoder faults start to come up. Yeah. Loss issues. Like, I mean, so first round of things is that we You know, looked at all the specs for all the Mitsubishi stock cables that they Mm -hmm. provide and they Mm -hmm. sure enough, they call out the same uh, gauge wires as are in our signal cables. All those things should be the same, Uh, Mm -hmm. but we were still running into um, voltage drop issues, voltage drop issues. So the solution that we came up with was Mm -hmm. uh, we took our handy dandy showstopper accessory cable. Yep. Yep which is 20 gauge twisted pairs and not 26 gauge twisted pairs uh, and use that. And that was enough, like just pack more copper in there so that those signals aren't getting squeezed on the out and return so Mm -hmm. that, you know, electrons are flowing and then we stop seeing those encoder faults. Um, Like pretty,
2: immediately it was uh, like night was, and day it yeah, solved yeah. the problem yeah <laughs> right when in doubt raise the size or increase the <laughs> size of the cable right which we had like
0: had some experience with that from that big controls retrofit project we did where yeah. like we had to canvas the, can bus. the yeah. for the can bus we had similar... which is
2: exactly the same problem we ran into and why we upsized our accessory cable to 20 gauge yeah. right 22 not
0: yeah. doing it yep right so 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 we had prepared and seen and fixed for that problem at the shop. Um, mm-hmm. So it was pretty surprising that when we got to um, the install for the previous spinner, the 2020 spinner, right we were seeing a litany of different encoder faults. Um, mm-hmm. and it was um, at first it was the same like on boot, you immediately get an encoder fault, right? And it's like 16.1 or something like that it means like no signal, which just means like, mm-hmm. hey, we are getting no feedback whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Which was a little bizarre. Um, um. <laughs> like, what? Okay. <laughs> Interesting. So then we like went through the kind of steps that we went through on the other one and just kind of made sure everything was all looking all right. Um mm-hmm. Touching up a little connect, couple connections and things like that fixed that problem, and then we immediately mm-hmm. ran into the next problem, which is this other encoder fault, which is if you're in the weeds, it's encoder fault 20.1. <laughs> uh, Very familiar with that air code. Doesn't pop up on boot, like whenever you come out of an e-stop, but when you mm-hmm. enable the drive it immediately says, hey, what I'm getting back from this encoder is gobbledygook. which right. Can't do it. Yeah. Can't do it. Um, which then was... Uh, a bigger problem because it was like mm-hmm. oh shit what's going on like this is this is strange um, mm-hmm. and pulled the drive out and just pulled the stage hand open and you're like okay well we made this one in 2020 none right. of the folks that made the new ones <laughs> uh, like a whole different team of people built the 2020 stage hand right. servo that was in front of right. us so I was like okay well we've gotten better at some things since then so let me just like crack this open see, and if we see have those, what's what yeah. yep Um. And I did find, we like, in that cabinet, we were, like, missing a um, ground between the signal PCB ground or oh, the signal uh-huh. IRC and mm-hmm. um, the ground yep. uh, bus. And I was like, oh, shit, smoking gun. Like, that's... Yep. It's got to be it. That's, yep, totally that. There was some other little weirdnesses in that um, box, too, like the not to get too far into the weeds of what the hand servo is, but there's the drive inside of it. And then mm-hmm. to break out from like, those drives are pretty small for those 400 watt right. servos. So all of the outputs on it are not um, like terminals. They're all um, pre-made cables. Cabinet. Yeah. Like, you know, think of like a
2: old school parallel <laughs> printer cable. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, like D subs and everything. Yeah. But so like a I saw 40 pin cable,
2: something like that. <laughs> yeah, right.
0: Um, some of those cables were stripped back and like had some extra conductors and like, you know, just were like not our current best practices for like making mm-hmm. sure that none of those, if any of those like were either grounds or hot lines or something like that, weren't just sitting there like weirdly adding voltage to the case or you know weirdly mm-hmm. creating some of things so we like trim back those cleaned those up added a ground mm-hmm. wire put it all back together plugged it up immediately I was able to move right, right. Oh, oh fuck yes we're done <laughs> now there's that. the bar let's <laughs> go because this gig is done um yep. and started cycling so that was like pretty close to the end of the night on one of the nights from the install mm-hmm. and I was like oh shit this is awesome cool like We'll come in the morning. We'll cycle tomorrow, and then like everything will be fine. Um, yep, back and, to the East Coast, and then yep, back back on home. Uh, and then come in next day. That's what happened, right? <laughs> and that was the <laughs> that was a way to build up that story. Uh, no <laughs> caveats or looming plot points. Um, <laughs> it was not that easy because within like a few hours the next day of cycle testing, we got mm-hmm. yet another fault. Um, which another encoder fault, another encoder fault, which was, um, again, if you're really into the weeds about Bc faults, it was 21.1. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know it cause it's scarred into my eyes. Um, yeah. So at that point, um, it would happen at some point during a, um, run this like intermittent fault that would sometimes happen after two hours of running. Sometimes it would happen after like five hours of running. Like it was kind yeah. of, and then sometimes it, like it happened like 10 minutes. After Just
2: running. random.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it was really, really hard to figure out like chase down what was, was the, causing that. What mm-hmm. was causing that problem. Um, And with the t- cycle times for finding, you know, trying something new and then cycling, it, it was so right. long. Cause you're like, right. well, like it was just so hard to troubleshoot. Like you'd be like feeling good, like going to lunch, being like, oh, mm-hmm. I spent cycle testing for five hours. It's fucking awesome. And like one of the days I Come was back. at lunch and I got mm-hmm. a text that's like, just faulted. It's like, yeah.
2: Uh,
0: yeah, so um, so that was not awesome um, <laughs> as one <laughs> can imagine.
2: Yeah, and so there's a whole bunch of trying things and back and forths and Lots of conversations, lots of uh, texts back and forth and mm-hmm. all of that. Right. And I think the initial fix ended up being uh, you moved it closer, right?
0: Yeah. So I think we had kind of a, after we like just kept fighting it, like I it mm-hmm. for like a whole day and then got in the next day, had a couple ideas, tried another mm-hmm. couple things, still was coming up short like yep. i think me you gareth and mike hopped on a call to just mm-hmm. like is there something i'm not thinking of is there something mm-hmm. that we haven't considered um and we kind of did the like just throw the kitchen sink at it sort of like just try right. to nuke the problem from orbit so like we ended up like moving because from where the um the spinner was is out in this room Mm -hmm. hung from this big wooden beam. And then the cables ran like 150 feet back into this little storage room in the back. And um, we had already separated all the lines. And we, you know, like I was I had tried it on 100 foot cables. Like we had to Mm -hmm. run an extension for the like it was uh, like, you know, the original 26 gauge regular signal Signal cable. cable. And Mm -hmm. then we had a 50-foot 20-gauge cable Mm -hmm. to extend it. um, Mm -hmm. And then the shop had made up a 150-foot full 20-gauge cable to match the other spinner, thinking, Mm -hmm. well, that's a difference. Like, that seems like a good place to start. Um, Getting the
2: connection in the middle, all of that.
0: Fatter Mm -hmm. gauge all the way through. Um, And then that, still, we were having problems. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I plugged in just the 100 footer, which like, in theory, was the one that worked in Korea. (laughs) Right. And still had problems. Right. Uh, I was like, oh, my God, I'm like pulling my hair out. Like, what the hell? Like Uh this (laughs) ran for like months and was fine. And now we're back to like. And so then I swapped to the spare of the 100 footer that we had like, okay, well, one of these did have problems. So let's try the other one like still had problems. So, yeah, so we came up with a plan to just move the stage hand dramatically closer, uh, like, yeah, got some 25 foot cables made up from at the shop and sent mm-hmm. out to me in L.A. And um, at the same time, like kind of concocted a plan to uh, make a little shelf that was up on the beam, like with some mm-hmm. um, like threaded rod to kind of like mount everything together with some ratchet straps around the stage hand and um, mm-hmm got that up into the rafters um, and plugged it up at the same time. We also like, I also went up and just like opened up the J box in the machine. Again, I like unscrewed all of the, Oh, in the mix of this, we also replaced the motor because we thought, Oh, maybe mm -hmm. the motor is bad. So new encoder, new motor. So maybe that will help fix the problem. And that did not fix the problem. Um, and then, so then it reseated those pins and cables again, just to make sure that everything was fine there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the J box, I, mm-hmm. I went back from like out of the motor. There's a pre-made cable with like a fancy little connector that plugs into the yeah. side of the Mitsubishi motor ran that cable ran, runs into a junction box. And then we bring in our signal tail into a junction box and we mate those yep. um, conductors there. Um, and so, I also went in and just any of the grounds in any of those lines between the motor and like either the signal or the motor connection, mm-hmm. I, I just, um, if it was a ground wire, I restripped it and relanded it. And if it was yeah. like a shield, I stripped back more. And, um, instead of running through it, the junction box that's in the machine is like one of those pre-made molded, um, junction boxes with terminals in them. Oh, mm-hmm. Yep that like all had like kind of four crimps to yep. bond everything mm-hmm. together. Um, any of the grounds I just pulled out and went straight into uh, like Wago lever nuts with yep. just like really big fat. <laughs> just <laughs> yeah, like if it was a drain, it was like as much drain as I could get. If it was a shield, I just unbraided as much of the um, yeah, shield to make I it could. good connections. Just like, yeah. it's not these. Um, and so it did that. Mounted the stage hand 25 feet away, got that all run up, ran the cables back to the control rack with the, you know, ethernet and she's the showstopper and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then because of where its location in the beams was, we also had to run a different power source. So um, then that was like a new 120 volt power line that got ran to a different breaker. Um, right. Mm-hmm. so like kind of like you're like okay well it's a different source of power because the, in the storage right. room there was only one circuit that we were yeah pulling both, running everything off of running off of it was new motor and signal cables that were dramatically shorter yep. and it was re-seated ground terminations like kind of just like
2: yeah jesus changed a lot all at once <laughs> all yeah. at once like everything we could think of
0: just yes just shotgun blast of troubleshoot of like if this thing works here then we'll just get to be done and yeah. That'll be good. Because
2: yeah. um, got the approval to, like the artistic approval that like, it was okay to be mounted there because it matched part of the other uh, installation. Right, yes.
0: Yep. Like, it was like, a, ah, it's not our favorite, but also like, you know, I think everybody knows there's like technolo- technology that's moving these pieces. Mm-hmm. Um. So, you know, got kind of buy-off in from, from uh, the artist's and team Mm -hmm. there. Um, And yeah. And so that was like, I don't know. Thursday, the 17th, I don't know if it's weird to break the timeline in the podcast, but yeah. Uh,
2: (laughs) (laughs) Illusion destroyed. Oh,
0: geez. Um, And I had a like hard out on my out date that I had to fly um, back to to Mm -hmm. a a wedding on the East Coast. Um, So it was like my birthday and then a wedding. Mm -hmm. Um, But Things had worked for, uh, I guess that's burying the lead. Yes. So we changed all those things and everything <laughs> that ran. That seemed to for, fix it. For yeah. a day. Like yes. everything was fine. We ran overnight with it. it really, yeah. And like, when
2: you say a day, you do literally mean like 20 hours.
0: Yeah. We like ran a full like start of the day all the way through the night. Came back in the next morning, still running. Everything's good. Like. Yeah. Like, and we were, you know, <laughs> the longest one we ever saw was five hours, but usually within two hours it was faulting with this inter, like, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of weird
2: encoder problem
0: encoder problem. Um, as we're like, Oh hell yeah, we fixed it. Sweet. Perfect. But like, um, you know, the other machines had been running for longer that didn't have any problems. So it was like, Mm -hmm. I think we got to come back and just like, you know, button everything up, make sure everybody's Mm -hmm. happy make everything all goody, good, good, good. Um, And just, you know, kind of watch it cycle for a few days to make sure everyone's super, super comfortable with like, you know. Yep. It, it clearly was a problem child. And like, it's never fun to be like the person talking to the client being like, hey, I know this thing that we said, like the one that they knew worked previously is the one that currently doesn't work. And i right. <laughs> just been troubleshooting it actively for like eight to for ten days. hours a day for yeah. days. Um, not super inspiring to be like, and it worked last night, so I'm out of here. Right, <laughs> um, so yeah, so I was like slated to come back like Sunday night, like left on mm-hmm. a Thursday night red eye, then I was going to come back for like an early, like midday Sunday flight, mm-hmm. um, so I could start to back be there on first one thing day. Monday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the darndest thing happened: uh, <laughs> a hurricane, <laughs> yeah, and an earthquake hit, uh, Los Angeles. So I was at the time I was in Pittsburgh about to mm-hmm. i had already like moved some flights around, was ready to go, and was looking at the weather and it was like, Oh, when do you land? You're like, Oh, I landed at like two o'clock. You're like, When does when's the <laughs> major part of that storm that's supposed to hit California tomorrow hit? And you're like, Oh, about noon to two
2: o'clock. You're like, mm, I think I'm Maybe gonna get screwed not. here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he ended up waiting. I said it had to end up A little waiting. bit. Yeah.
0: Um, which just was really disjointed. Um, and uh-huh.
2: then once the hurricane
0: had cleared, which it also it ended up turning out that uh, it wasn't that severe. Like a lot of flights were canceled and uh-huh. totally like, I think I would have made it to Atlanta and then my flight would have gotten canceled. My like second leg of the flight oh. and I would have been stuck
2: uh-huh. in like, Atlanta.
0: In Atlanta. So I think mm-hmm. that all ended up being a good choice, but yeah, then like, because of the sheer number of flights that were canceled then like for the next two days, like all the flights were Just sold crazy. out and yeah. crazy expensive. It was like, do you want to make three stops and charge $2,600 for a main cabin seat <laughs> to get to California? And you're like, I don't, I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want the row 46 middle seat for three grand. Yeah. Uh,
2: <laughs> that sounds terrible. It sounds terrible. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So, She ended Uh, up going a little bit later in the week.
0: (laughs) A little bit later, yep. Um, And got back, started everything up, thought it was, you know, you were going to do the whole, just let's just watch a cycle, do the last rounds of physical inspections, do your on-site report, get out of there. Um, Mm -hmm. And then it turned out that the artistic opinion of the stagehand up in the beams near the machine, Mm -hmm. not a big problem. They were Mm -hmm. totally cool very understanding they'd prefer it to work right um but got some pushback from the galleries team or i don't know if it was Mm -hmm. the gallery or whoever owns the building i don't actually know what the uh who it was but it was somewhere but there was um, from up on high from up on high a note was sent that uh like large lateral Members, bracing. Need bracing uh-huh. members would need to be instituted to support the thirty pounds in the beam, and made everyone so, yeah. nervous. From the artistic side, you're like, okay, well, the thing that's up there doesn't bother us, but like, as soon as someone's <laughs> saying, like,
1: giant lateral lateral bracing, lateral
0: bracing, we're like, okay, well, that's obviously
1: a deal breaker. That's a no no. Yeah. <laughs> for for the for the controller that weighs what, like, maybe a quarter or a fifth of one of the machines. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yes, the other machine that was hung from the other beam weighs like, you know, more than twice that uh-huh. of like the combined weight of the 2020 spinner and the controller together. <laughs> but so someone didn't like it. Uh, right. And I and got that. Back was that. And <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> there was it, was, it didn't quite feel like an ambush, but it was um very like I walked in the door and they're like, oh, so and so talked to you yet? I was like, what? No. <laughs> I didn't
2: like the way that was. Surprise. Sounded. Yeah.
0: Um. So you had to move it. Had to move it. And it was a little bit unclear at the time. Like, well, is that going to work or not? You know, like we just. Right. Gotten beat up.
2: Right. <laughs> that ratcheted the nerves back up at that point. Cause. Yep. Exactly. Like, okay. Well. Let me start changing. Shit now again. back to the long cable. Yeah. Yeah. Um.
0: And so, yeah. So I ended up moving everything back. Um, striking the little shelf and all the things Mm -hmm. um and got it back running like in from the storage room on the original cables um and it worked uh i mean that was kind of the crazy thing like we ran it for like i don't know roughly seven hours uh the first day and didn't Mm -hmm. run into the faults um and was like oh that's interesting like "Hmm." right okay
2: well good interesting but interesting
0: yeah i still did some other things like it wasn't just straight one-to-one the way it was Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. i did find different like breaker to pull the power for at least it so like if there was uh some weirdness with like back noise or some other problem or Mm -hmm. you know or if we were like overdrawing and it was just like dipping low on a power supply or something like that that like uh if that was what was happening then it wouldn't do that um Yeah, and it just works. So I, I mean, I think ultimately at the end of it, what is the really unsat, like, is the frustrating thing, is like I, the thing that fixed it was the reterminating all of the ground yeah. cables, like everywhere in the system, like you know, one hundred percent. And like, I think it it's, turns out,
2: <laughs>
0: it's easy. It's it's one of those ones that you get to the end of the tr- troubleshooting cycle and you're like, of course, but right. like. But at in the, the moment, at yeah. the time, you're like, I don't know, man. The, it worked. Nothing's changed. Like, why? Why? Right. <laughs> like, we went through like tuning parameters, like all you know. We went down, you know, followed so the many rabbit holes. Yeah, Mitsubishi manual for all the different reasons that we could be seeing these faults. Like, mm-hmm. could be a bad motor. Could be weird oscillations or acceleration values. So, like, play with the control loop in the parameters. Like, could be right. you know, just like. Lots of different things trying to play with to see if we could get it to go away because, like, nominally everything else sh- should be, be the, the same. same, yeah. Um, yeah, I and mean, I think the way it, uh, the only explanation we can really kind of think of is like, oh, yeah, it, I mean, it the only thing it did with this exact same setup of gear, including those like 100 mm-hmm. original 100 foot cables, is like it went across several oceans and got through customs and traveled a lot, <laughs> and so, like. Uh-huh. M- the silly but annoying answer is just like, ah, it seems like those tails got tugged on or you know jostled around a lot in ship and Mm -hmm. some amount of one of those ground connections or several
2: wasn't enough.
0: Wasn't enough to deal with the noise problems of these long runs. Right, (laughs) Right. because I think
2: that's also the another, I think it was that is also another aspect of it too where it's the, yeah, servos especially are Mm -hmm. very sensitive to long runs and yeah. even just going from 100 to the 125 or the 150 right it's right. like the that is hugely different right you know for a servo less so for an induction motor but for a servo it is pretty miles it's essentially miles different right and so
1: or at least 25 feet
2: or <laughs> <laughs> and so any just little yeah um, insufficiencies in the grounding path
0: really show right we're totally highlighted yep like yeah and these were all like you know appropriately sized and shielded like servo specific cables for all the signals and the motor like full full braided like everything yep nominally done right and it still was having all these troubles yeah so yeah
2: yeah, servos are tricky. Uh, and the moral of the story: grounding gotta. You want that to be good. <laughs> you really,
0: really got the grounding, especially on encoder lines. It's just got to be rock
2: solid. Yeah, it solves so many headaches. Mm-hmm. Prevents so many headaches.
0: Right. So, I mean, the, I mean, the only good upside of that whole situation is I got a whole lot of In and Out Burger, um, <laughs> 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 some really good Mexican food, and some In and Out Burger uh-huh. the whole time. So that was pretty sweet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that and I guess uh other thing that was cool was we got to hang out with um the with Tyler
2: at Killstress. Um, um yeah. Yeah. So, he was also installing some stage servo stuff too, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was it was cool. Yeah. So there was um the three pieces that were in that gallery where two of them were ours, one of our new ones, one of our previous ones, mm-hmm. and then another one that um kill stress had done for them previously. Uh like mm-hmm almost, like, a super big uh, cargo XL, like, trick line. Um, Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And hung from that is this big LED column with, like, on a pendulum. And so to, like, Mm -hmm. get it swinging, he'd run horizontally on the belt and then, like, counteract, like, to slow it down and start it back up um, Mm -hmm. to control those swings. Uh, Oh, okay. Pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, And so, yeah, so then it was... Their machine design um, installation, but then the controllers were all our controls and run on Spike Mark.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, well, who?
0: Right, which was kind of funny that I, you know I think that we kind of found out after the fact since we were installing it that like we didn't think that the like the art like the studio kind of realized that it was all the same control software and everything was all uh-huh. you know like uh-huh. I had floated somewhere in the development once we'd realized that they were on the gig. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. we could just like use all the same E stop and like all like we'll all run from the, <laughs> the same, same computer uh-huh. and the same, you know, whatever. Like just run it all together. Like, and uh-huh. I think there was like a moment where like, well, I mean, that is a fair amount of like adding complexities to each system. Like, in some ways, it's kind of nice that like if a computer dies, like if something bad thing, happens for the whole, yeah. Two whole of the three will still run, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yes, we kept them mostly separate except for the e stops. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so it was cool to see like three very different pieces and different mechanics and things all just like running on spike marked for this, um, for this show. Uh, Tyler, like, was uh, first of all, very, very cool mm-hmm. guy. Um, very cool, mm-hmm. does really cool, shit. um, and You know he does a lot more of these sort of like art galleries sort of not quite theater or entertainment spaces sorts of gigs mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and so like his approach to using the tools is very different from then like you know kind of our standard like mm -hmm. show up to a theater teach you know kind of more theatrically minded operators and sort of like you know that kind of use case that is you know i guess the Mm -hmm. original intent of the software it's obviously grown but you know it's cool to see how all those all the tools are used um different
2: yeah (laughs) how other people can think about it yeah right like because there's interesting use cases that it's like oh i never thought to use it that way right yeah i mean kind of like
0: he's super super big into presets um in spike Uh mark uh which totally makes sense because a lot of the times it's like docents and security staff and things that people that are like work at the art right. galleries that are starting these, you know, predetermined shows mm-hmm. to just run. And then at the end of the day, they hit stop and go home. Um, right. But like teaching someone how to like hunt for their cue in the cue stack versus like go to the presets page and just select start and like everything's going to. loop yeah. And everything's going to have yep. all the loops all done for you. Um, right
2: and it's now like a list of four as opposed to hundreds Mm -hmm. of cues, kind of a thing
0: yes he did have a pretty good note that we should be able to uh collapse the steps because right now you go and there's like uh a 200 cue step uh (laughs) for the show and you just Uh (laughs) scroll for an eternity uh, listing all the steps and then somewhere (laughs) in the middle you see like quickly fly by is the schematic view like (laughs) <laughs> and then it's just gray background all the way through. And you're like, oh uh, yeah, presets could use some love. Uh, <laughs>
2: yeah, I don't know. I the more we talk to some people, and the more we seeing some interesting uh, use cases for it, it's like the oh, I think there's some uh, some updates to presets on the horizon.
0: Yeah, like rearranging them would be good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> a little a little yeah. nicer UI, probably some better load buttons. Yeah, some you know, some yeah. stuff.
2: Um, yeah. I I don't think it's too far off I think it's on the horizon that uh yeah be a little facelift to presets
0: right yeah it almost kind of feels like it's like you know we did that facelift to cues for like right. reading more like a sentence yeah uh, when we transitioned from four to five and it's almost like mm-hmm. kind of funny because presets already kind of had that right and now we just need to like apply the things we learned in the cue space back to presets right like to largely, just make that better to make that yeah. better and make it cleaner. Like use yeah, and then also the vertical space struggles and things that like optimizations we've been yeah. doing in the queue space. Like yep. just pull that back into the preset space. A cool addition right. to presets that came around this time that I was actually able mm-hmm. to show Tyler, which was good. Was like the OSC input integrations, the yeah. input triggers for that, because. Yeah. One big thing, especially for like that system where it's a big pendulum on a track is like he's got end of travel limits on either ends of that track. But like Mm -hmm. if if for whatever reason, you've lost position, like if there's a power, you know, outage in mid motion, Mm -hmm. like how does a person who's, you know, not not trained on spike mark. Recover that position and almost like Mm rehome itself. Mm -hmm. And so like he had a way he had been training folks to like run this preset that will slowly crazy slowly track into the end of like you know the forward limit oh mm-hmm. and then he knows if at that if you're running at that speed and you run into the forward limit it's mm-hmm. this position within some mm-hmm. amount of margin um, mm-hmm. and then would teach people how to like then navigate over to the key or the the job workspace to then reset the position and I was like Mm
2: -hmm. oh shit dog it can be even better it can be even better
0: just run this preset and it'll run an OSC input trigger to reset position and you'll be Mm -hmm. able to like record so you won't even get that human element of like and then type in 19.9 or whatever that right known value is is. yeah like you just have it do it automatically. so like that was pretty cool and like we implemented that like after seeing how he was like yeah this is big because he was getting calls and stuff like whenever that stuff would happen and the positions were messed up so he like kind of tried to find whatever the best recovery version of these things are which isn't Mm -hmm. super in our usual workflow because usually people just like know how to rehome machines and things right um
2: and so it was cool but when it's installed in an art gallery yeah right
0: right, exactly like art gallery tv studio some of those kind of like non- typical entertainment spaces that we put our stuff mm-hmm. in. Immediately it was like, right. oh yeah. That's it's a very cool idea. Big. Yeah. Like so then I like on the tilter and spinner and machines like got mm-hmm. some registration marks and was like, you know, they're still on the spinners since they can infinitely spin. There's no like limit, limit switch to run into, to, run into yep. to like have a registration switch. Um mm-hmm. could be interesting to think about that like in the future of like what you could do for like weird I.O. Yeah. triggers and things mm-hmm. like that.
2: Um, mm-hmm. Like
0: if you had an FX or something, you could potentially...
2: Yeah, which actually I think is a long-standing or a... It's at least a logged kind of a uh, feature request for mm-hmm. um, FXs is to be able to home off of a switch. right?
0: Which, I mean, with an input trigger you can. Yeah, For an OSE input trigger, you totally can. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, so there was still like, you know, you might have to jog sort of things, but then like, you know, for the tilter, it could tilt into its forward limit switch, hit that limit switch. No, it's at nowhere. It's at know where yeah. it's at. So like, and weirdly, like that one's kind of the hard one over the spinner. Like if the spinner degree wise is off a little bit, it's annoying, but not totally yeah. bad. Critical. But, yeah. Like if the thing doesn't hang plumb, it's kind of a big deal. Um, so it's like that's very noticeable yes yeah like every spin then becomes an oscillate and not a spin yeah Um, (laughs) yeah so like implemented that like as a couple presets at the bottom Um, and then the other cool thing we did too was like I made an end of day trigger that just mm -hmm. like runs this is kind of like a combo of a few different features that are new which is like run mm-hmm. to the forward next multiple of zero slowly. Oh, uh-huh. So like you hit a soft stop stops the loop yep. on the thing run this end of day preset and it would run mm-hmm. the tilter to zero and then the spinner to like the next forward multiple of um, zero zero and then it would trigger an OSC input to reset that position
2: to so, zero. Yeah to zero. So it's ready for the next day. Yeah,
0: yeah. versus like if you start at the end of the day for whatever reason you're somewhere in the middle of your you know, show show mm-hmm. and your counts are at like, you know, sixty five thousand seven hundred and fifty five or whatever. You're like, all right, now mm-hmm. you're gonna wanna run that back to zero. Zero. <laughs>
2: it's like, oh, that right. sucks. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: Or just hit run this queue. it'll run it back yeah. to zero and reset its position itself. It's like, oh, it's it... fucking rules. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was cool, like even from a like thing that we've done before that we did three years ago for Mm -hmm. um like and it was essentially that same show file that was running that spinner was the same one with some like speed tweaks and things mm -hmm. but then to be able Mm -hmm. to like also then go improve it improve it and make the like the user experience and like training up that much better folks at the gallery yeah it was just so much cooler
2: which again and these being you know brand new use cases we hadn't thought of for presets which is really kind of cool because originally like the, the whole idea behind presets was um, not that exciting. Mm-hmm. I mean, like it had its use for sure and it made sense in places, but it was like, it's not an exciting idea. Right. But now it's like, oh, but it can be more than just that. There's all these other, yeah, you know, sort of like, I don't want to say custom UI things or like custom actiony things, but it almost starts to feel like, feel like it.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, cause presets was really made for like, let's be able to get to certain different looks more easily yeah. out, not yeah. in a linear fashion.
2: Right. Um, it's like the, to be like, you know, sp- the stage manager, which is a spike mark computer essentially mm-hmm. permanently mounted on the wall. And then, you know, in a theater and like the janitor comes in and wants to clean the stage so he can press the look that, you know, or I need all of the legs raised and, you know, the curtain up and all of that. Right. Press it because it looks like it. And, mm-hmm. but then, like, the, kind and, of a thing.
0: Yeah. But then, like, still implementing sequences in some way, right? Yeah. Because, like, if you've got the, like, this thing has to open for the, you know, these travelers have to open before yep. the wagon can move, sort of stuff. It keeps all of that mm-hmm. hierarchy, which is nice. Um, yep. Like, certainly. I think when the, it was initially designed, it wasn't like a, yeah, and that might be a 220 Q full art gallery cycle. Thing. <laughs> right. Right. Like, <laughs> absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. like the 12 hour sequence yeah. run the push stick before you move the curtain call sort of thing. Like, <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> right. It was like, you know, oh, 10 steps. That's a, that's a huge preset kind mm-hmm. of a thing. Yeah. Right. So now it's like,
0: oh, actually,
2: <laughs> yep. There's more use cases for it so right yeah, yeah so which is why again I think it's you know I think there'll be a uh, update to presets on the on, on the horizon. horizon
0: yeah I was joking with somebody I forget maybe it was Mike or something I was like yeah I bet Christian hates every time I go out on site because I end up coming back with just a <laughs> litany of bug, <laughs> bug, bug not bugs but uh, like uh, some bugs but uh, like feature requests of like actually it would yeah. be cool if would be cool if
2: could mm. we do this could we do this yeah what if we did that what if yeah we did that like
0: yeah so it's like using the gear like you know whatever it's funny like you think in your head you use the gear all the time because you're around it and you're designing the stuff and then you go out on site and you like meet the enemy and the enemy is you
2: right like, <laughs> right. <laughs> like it's like the oh i didn't ever expect to use it this way right. damn it damn it now it doesn't do that mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so that's
0: that that's the tangent about uh software features. Grounding. Gr- grounding, yeah. grounding, I grounding, guess really. Software features. Servo yeah. motors and grounding. That's all we talked about yeah. just there.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think that's I think that's it for us. I mean I think we've got some cool stuff coming up that we'll talk about uh on some future episodes. Um yeah but we wax poetic the, yeah. on these so much. It's like I mean there's more on right. the list but we'll do ourselves yeah. a favor and, and push it to next month.
2: Yeah and there's a bunch more custom stuff coming up too that'll be exciting to talk about so
0: yeah the tsunami continues it is yes we are riding it and irony is not lost on me that there was literally a hurricane involved in (laughs) the latest wave last one for me but yeah no it's it's all i mean there's a bunch of Stock products and custom gigs all still coming down as well as the move. So like it's busy. Next
2: month. Stay tuned for next month. It's going to be. Busy, busy, busy. There's going to be a lot to talk about.
0: Cool. Well, uh, I think that's it for us. Uh, We'll catch you next time on uh, Circuit of Gear. See ya. Bye.